we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how Black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Guys, this is history. What you've done, what we've show. done. You guys have built a platform that influences. Yeah, that's good. It's the world's most dangerous morning show. Good breakfast club. DJ Envy. Envy play my record, I made it. Jess Hilarious. I'm like, y'all need to keep on the breakfast club. Charlemagne the God. What made you think the liking of controversial questions would take his part? I like this show. Thanks, Breakfast Club. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Yes, Man. it's Friday. My the voice, weekend is here. My voice cracked like Fergie singing the national anthem a little bit. I know. It, yeah, it was sure pretty did. pretty bad. How y'all doing this morning, man? How y'all feel? I feel good. I'm definitely extra morning sickney today. Uh-huh. But yeah. Extra morning sicky? Yeah, extra okay. morning sicky. You threw up already? No, 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 no. Sometimes it doesn't even like come with the vomit of it all. It's just like the feeling of nauseousness. Yes. And like the the like my chest. Ugh. Like, what's going on? What you doing in there? Yeah, you're pregnant. Okay. I know, but that's why I'm asking her, like, what are you doing in there? Like, Jesus. Second trimester now, right? 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh oh. I just heard that, but we're gonna let it slide. But yes, Jess. What? <laughs> um What you hear? Jess, did you say what is do you say he or she doing in there? Uh, she. That's what I'm hoping she for. Been, I, oh, I didn't oh, get the confirmation okay. to reveal. All right. You I'm said she like you got the confirmation, but I didn't want to blow it up. But I'm like, she? That's no. so dope. You got a girl? No. Oh, that's so... Oh, man. I got, we got no confirmation yet. Okay, all right. Manifesting. You manifesting. 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 Which yeah. means okay. she definitely about to have another boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> every time I thought I was manifesting, it was all, nothing but young ladies came out. You ain't oh, got no strong girls. back. If you had strong back, you have a girl, but you ain't got no strong back. Actually, my back is very strong because all I can make is queens. Okay? What you saying that because men. Men with weak backs can only make girls. Are you calling women weak? Oh my God, you just trying huh? to. That what you doing? doing huh? Mm -mm. You want to join us this week? You want to be phobic? Shout to phobic. You want to join us this week? Shout huh? to all my my thin back women, my medium back women, my large back women. I, I love you all. Backs. How we get on backs? Oh my God. <laughs> no, you know what? We we have we look, call me weak back. We have a potential. We have a potential. Another potential name that can um uh substitute big backs. Cardi dropped a freestyle yesterday. She said, "I see y'all getting real big, third trimester." Ooh, Ooh, third trimester said, back. Yeah, See, y'all play too much. Third trimester. I like third trimester back. <laughs> now that's disrespectful. <laughs> oh, when, you walk, when, you walk up, when you walk up to a woman and you say, man, are you pregnant and they not pregnant? Whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. If you walk yes. up to them and be like, ooh, you got a third trimester back. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I told you I said that to one person and, and she, she got on me like, I would say maybe 15 years later so I'm sure it stuck with her because she was ready to attack yeah. me boy Jesus well God bless her yeah God bless her salute to uh, Mario Van Peebles last night uh, I had a screening for Outlaw Posse yeah, okay. that's, the, that's the new movie uh, that Mario Van Peebles did it comes out on March 1st stars Mario Van Peebles today's March 1st comes today. out today oh it comes out today Damn, fucking, yes. stars Mario Van Peebles his son Mandela Van Peebles DC Young Fly is in it mm -hmm. Whoopi Goldberg is in it Cedric the Entertainer yeah so we had a screening nice. for it last night Whoopi Goldberg was at the screening um, I wanted Jess to come out with me but Jess was asleep Mm. Right, and yeah. so what did your sister say? Now, Nye is twenty years oh, old. Nye He's twenty is 20. years old. So, but but it was how you positioned the question. He was like, "Jess, uh, you want to go see Whoopi Goldberg?" And I was like, "Um, what time?" And he was like, <laughs> "It's like eight thirty. I'm like, "Why are we gonna see Whoopi Goldberg eight eight thirty tonight?" He ain't say why. So I told Naya, I was like, "Naya, why this nigga asked me? You want to go see Whoopi Goldberg?" She he, she was like. Why do he always do that silver right stuff? Like, why do he always... I was like, silver Hold right on. stuff. I said, no, 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 no. Whoopi Goldberg is the lady from Color Purple in The View. And she was like, oh, my God, no, I forgot. I began her mixed up. What, mixed up with who? Harriet Tubman? I, yeah. What the hell are you mean? Civil rights stuff. But my Jesus. baby, don't play with my baby. My baby is still a millennial. Jesus Christ. Oh, oh my, my God. Goodness. 20 years old. Salute to Whoopi, though. Whoopi, uh, she wants to come up here. She's um, oh, she's, she's working on something, and when it comes out, she wants to come of to the course. breakfast club and, and, and talk about it. Absolutely. Of course. Yes. And shout out to everybody uh, in Atlanta. I'm out in Atlanta right now. Shout out to our, our guy, Louis V. It was his birthday. Ferrari Simmons. They had this big bowling event last night. Hey. Uh, it was pretty dope. Pretty successful. I ran into so many different artists. I seen Young Dro. I seen T.I.'s son. Uh, Which one? Which one? Yeah. Domani. Domani oh, was nice. there. Oh, I love him. Domani was there. Artist. Young, uh, who else I seen? Young Dro, Big Boogie. Uh, so many people were in the building. We just had a good time. Nice. I bowled like trash, though. I ain't even gonna front. Like trash, horrible, <laughs> like disrespectful to my whole self and name. Jeez. It was bad. Well, happy born day to my guy, Louis V, man. Let's start the show. We got D1 joining us this That's morning. Right. D1 will be joining us. Of course, he's from Louisiana, New Orleans. He uh, is a teacher at Harvard, uh, and he's a quote-unquote Christian rapper. We'll tell you about I, I, him. I don't know if he calls himself a Christian rapper, but he's definitely a spiritual brother. And That's he, right. Yeah, he's got a new children's book out called David Found His Slingshot. He's got a new album out called From the Hood to Harvard because uh, mm -hmm. he owns 
laying on Harvard. And he has a single that drops today called Luke Warm. Yep, so we'll yes. chop it up with him in a little bit. And let's get the show cracking. Here's uh, Cardi B. It's called, uh, I think they call it a Cardi B freestyle. She goes mm-hmm. over to Missy Joint. And let's get into it. It's the Breakfast Club. Turn Good morning. It. Front page news is next. I love it. All right. I like that. I like Marty that. Marty B. I love her. Cardi sound focused. I hate that. She said, Mar- Poom Poom real fat. Probably got a double chin. <laughs> Only hell I took comes after YS. <laughs> okay, Barty. And yeah, she like looked that. good in the video, too. They dropped the video on the yeah, she on killed the video, too. Vlogs. Man, what? Yep. Crazy. Look good. Shout out to Barty. All right. Well, let's get in some front page news. Good morning, Tiz. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God, Jess Hilarious. Peace, Tiz. Good morning, girly. Let's let's jump right into it. Trump and Biden working together? Yeah, they were flexing their uh, backbone, I guess, yesterday. We're going to see who do you think had the strongest presentation. Both President Joe Biden and President former President Donald Trump visited the southern border yesterday in a dramatic split-screen moment as the 2024 presidential campaign ramps up and immigration has been a top issue. Now, not only was the split-screen uh, dividing their messages, but they also were vastly different. Now, I'm going to play a little bit of both of their speeches. First, I want you to listen to President Biden really basically plea our big, in my opinion, to work with Donald Trump. Take a listen. Here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing politics with this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. You know and I know. It's the toughest, most efficient, most effective border security bill this country has ever seen. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? Let's remember who the heck we work for. We work for the American people, not the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. We work for the American people. He's, he's, yeah. he's not wrong in no yeah. way, shape, or form. You know what Biden? He's not is, wrong, but he's he's delusional. Uh, Donald Trump's not getting ready to work with him. Oh no! I, know, I, I listen. We know that, but what Biden is doing is what politicians are supposed to do. It's about the people, not politics. And mm-hmm. if you reach out as President Biden and you say, "Hey, we need to work together to get this done for the American people," and you do it on such a grand stage like that, everybody sees it. So when the Republicans and Donald Trump say no, then that lets people know they don't really care about yeah. y'all. Let me ask you a question: You don't think that y'all. sounds like a sign of weakness? Like, you're the president, and you're asking an ex-president, hey, let's work together. I'm the mother-effing president. I'm supposed That's to be right. doing well, it. Well, listen, we I shouldn't have to ask, we, 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 we let's are, work together. It's, it's, Can you help me, brother? Like, listen, no, yeah. that don't sound weird. It's, it's interesting, and we all know Donald Trump is the shadow president, and I agree that when the actual president who was voted in has to defer to the shadow president to get something done, then we are in a really bad place. But I'm not mad at it, though, because it's 2024. If that's what you have to do to get Republicans on the same page, do it. They're not and, the- and even if you don't get them on the same page, you show the American people that they don't really want to get anything you did, done. But- but the American people, they want a fighter. They don't want to hear, hey, come on, come work with me. They don't want to work. They don't want to work with Joe Biden. They don't want, they don't believe in those policies. They don't care about putting it out there to say, hey, we're trying to work with you. So he that, does that all that, the time. So that, it never works. So what's the point of, bring, that, that's why they bring things to the floor a lot of times, right? They bring through right. things through the floor so you can get a vote on record so you can show people right. who really and, trying to get things done and who's really not. Right. I don't have and a problem with this. Well, let's listen to the difference. Let's listen to the difference of the message. I don't have a problem with it either. I'm just saying it doesn't work. Republicans are okay with uh, Trump not working with anybody. It is their way or the highway. They don't want to work with anybody. They're proud of that. They're proud of that. They love when Donald Trump says, no, we ain't working with you. You either going to do it our way or nothing at all. I hear your point, Charlemagne, but I'm leaning towards what Envy is saying about, no, stop coming in with a spirit of weakness. Let's listen to what Donald Trump said. Let's listen to the difference. Take listen. Now the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. We call it Biden migrant crime, mm. but that's a little bit long. 
So we'll just leave it. But every time you hear the term migrant crime, you know where that comes from. Allowing thousands and thousands and actually millions and millions of people to come. Could be 15 million, could be 18 million by the time he uh, gets out of office. Once again, it's not about the politicians. It's about Mm -hmm. the people. And I think this is a good way to show the American people that Republicans don't really want to get anything done. Democrats are like, let's solve the problem. Let's work together to solve the problem. Republicans are like, nah. So y'all are politicizing something while people in America are actually suffering. I think it's good optics. I think it's the the opposite, honestly. It seems like it shows a sign of weakness. It's kind of like Jess, right, with her son. And and Jess is like, excuse me, son, would you mind? Let's clean the room. Let's clean your bedroom together. Opposed to being like, no, go clean your your mother effing bedroom. That's what it sounds like. He's not the president. Trump is not the president. Do y'all realize things get done because of bipartisan politics? Like, but Trump is not a president. You have to have Republicans and Democrats together. Realize that. Like, what are we talking about right now? Trump is no. He's not even part of if if anything that we're discussing. This this is like people who get mad when folks uh like when folks go talk to somebody on the opposite side. No, like like, yes, definitely, definitely, you have to do that when somebody's willing to discuss and willing to have a conversation. We all know. We just be clear. Trump don't want to talk. We know this, but you got to show the people this because Republicans are blaming they Democrats. They though, Charlemagne. No, they haven't. Not, 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 I'm telling you, people are not paying attention like they should. Republicans always blame it on the Democrats. Democrats are letting you know right now. Hey, pleading, like you said, Taz, in front of everybody on CNN, MSNBC, mm-hmm. Fox. It's the headline everywhere. Let's work together on getting this done, Trump. And now Trump and Republicans are still saying no. That's showing this, the American people that they don't really want to fix the border. But, but the Trumpers who are more motivated to vote for him, they're saying it's somebody else to do it we don't want to work with you we don't like your policies and we're okay with yeah, but the it trump is gonna vote for trump regardless this, this, this that's is, right this is more so for the independent voters out there who are like well damn you know they may still be up in the air about who to vote for like may, they may still be up in the air because they don't know who's causing the problem really up in the air though at this yeah, stage of the game? I, I still think there's a lot of independent All voters right. out there yes yeah, especially because what i keep saying uh, in 2024, it's about the Republicans who are the crooks, the Democrats mm-hmm. who are the cowards, and the couch. There's a lot of people who who still might be sitting on the couch in November. All right. Well, that is front page. Gotta energize them. Uh, what are we talking next hour? Well, more on migrants. Uh, Democrat New York City mayor uh, calls for change to the current sanctuary policy. You know, once once upon a time, Democrats were saying, hey, come here, come here. And now they're saying, wait a minute, hold up. Now, he should have listened to Republicans from the beginning. <laughs> now, right. Mayor Adams, now, that's somebody who should listen to Republicans. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Jess, Jess. Absolutely. Can we please you do get it off your chest, <laughs> Jess? Can we, can we do get it off your chest together? Oh, absolutely, we can. Okay, we can. great. I thought y'all was asking me about politics. I was say, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open again. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's a new day. This is your time to get it off your chest. Wait. Wake up! Whether you're mad or blessed, it's time to get up and get something. Call up now. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Blake. What's up, Evan? What's up, brother? How you feeling? Hey, I'm, I'm calling in to talk about... Oh, first of all, good morning, y'all. Jess, uh, good morning. Charlemagne, Ray, everybody. Peace, Blake. <laughs> what up? All right. So, look, I, I agree with Charlemagne. If y'all don't... If y'all uh, remember, they had a, a bipartisan deal. And they backed out. The Republicans backed out because Trump told them to do so. That's right. But you have to recognize the power that he has. Even though he's not in office, he has the power. He has the Republicans in his hand. That's right. So 
So by reaching out to him, is you going to the head. You're not going to the the, the, the body anymore. You yeah. go to the head. Hey, call call your dogs out. That's right. He's the shadow yeah, president. If that's if that's what you got to do to get things done, because you actually care about people and not politics, that's what you got to do. I don't think neither of exactly. them really care about people, honestly. Hello, who's this? Good morning. Uh, two points, if that's okay. Peace. Yes, of course, Queen. Okay, the interview y'all did with Miss Tab. With Miss who? Perfect interview. You said Miss Pat. Miss Tab. Tab at the Brown. Oh, Tab at the Brown. Oh, Tab at the. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Salute to Tab at the. Salute. Yes, absolutely. That was a great interview. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Love Tabitha Brown. Second point, talking about bipartisanship between Democratic and Republican parties. Let's not forget in 2020, Biden got on stage and said we're letting in 11 to 14 million immigrants. Trump asked, y'all going to allow this on stage? So this, when you talk bipartisan, they already knew this was coming. We're doing it for both. Black people's not giving out the vote like they're supposed to. So you need the immigrants. Supposedly. Okay. They knew this was coming. All right. Well, thank you. I don't. I, I don't know what she was trying to say, but I'm, not gonna, I'm just gonna go with it. I'm not. There was a bunch of migrants downstairs this morning. I will tell you that much, though. Was there? Yeah, because they building an oyster bar. Oh, <laughs> somebody oh, so they were working, and they were very well dressed. Didn't I say that when we walked in? Just sure did. Yeah. Some well dressed migrants. They had on some nice designer clothes. But he made sure he said it after we got in the door because there right. was like seventeen of them out there. Well, well, let me ask you a question. How do you know they were migrants? Man, shut Oh, up. my God. Here we go. He keep trying to get us canceled. No, no, I'm, no, I'm just asking. I'm, it, 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 trust me. It was very it obvious. Was, it was like real migranty. No, shut it, up. It, it was, it was, it was it. very, very obvious. Okay? And then it was one in front of us, right? And so when Charlamagne was like, yeah, them, them, they some some nicely dressed migrants out there. She turned around like, what you say? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even know he thought because she had a little target bag and a big butt that she wasn't no migrant. I was like, uh-huh. She turned around like, what you say? <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? How's it going, DJ? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Okay. Well, how are you? I wish you a happy coming weekend. Oh, we wish you a happy mm-hmm. weekend too, man, and, and have a great weekend. You understand from? him? Thank you very much. Well, you have a good one, sir. We appreciate you for listening. Have a nice day. You too. Yeah, everybody in here just be high. Our producer Taylor so, just walked so in here high so as hell. So hold up. So no hold up. How, how you that? How you know? How you know that was a migrant? And me? me? I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't know. It was. He said, "I thank you for every everything you do. You are very, very nice." And that. And <laughs> that's I'm, it. I'm yeah. not playing with justice. Every foreigner is not a migrant. I'm not no, playing with justice. He, was, he said, "Thank you for everything you do for us. We're very, very nice. You're very, very nice." Yo, I, shut I, up, I, Jess. I, I definitely couldn't understand him. I was like, "Damn, you, you must have got a translator, Envy." <laughs> Yo, shut up, man. Hello, who's this? Chocolate. Hey, chocolate. Good morning. Hi, chocolate. Peace, chocolate. Good morning. You Good strip? morning, y'all. You a stripper? I'm so excited that I got y'all. You strip or rap? Hi, everybody. Congratulations, Jess. Thank you, baby. Charlamagne asked if you're a stripper or you're a rapper. I did not ask that. You just asked that. That is not true. You did. She ain't him, so no, he I tried. I, I'm a rapper. Okay. Well, I know that's right. <laughs> I knew it was one of the two. <laughs> but now you knew it was one of the two. Yeah. How are you, Chocolate? Good morning. Uh, I'm fine from Dallas. You want me to freestyle? No, we do not. Yes, please. <laughs> freestyle, no, Chocolate. Let's get not. it. Nah, Charlamagne, you always trying to play somebody. Listen, my name is David. My friends call me D. Now I'm just What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? my God. 
And she said my name is David. <laughs> my friends call what? me she D. She did. She did say what? that. What? Yeah. What's up, David? <laughs> what you what you calling for, I'm, chocolate? Okay, I'm from Dallas. I call him. Is it weird that just because I'm blind, I can't don't no one wants to date a blind person or taking you go out on lunch or anything? You should go on is that, that show Love is Blind. Or, no, it's not about blind people, Charlie. No, yo. Oh, I didn't know. I thought and we're we not playing the most. So stop. So <laughs> you're saying because you're blind, uh, is it wrong? I mean, like, is it wrong for you to date? Or is it, what are you? They, they act like they're scared. Like, what am I going to do you? I'm blind. Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's... I was like, is that weird? Or people mean just scared? Like, what is it? I feel you. I feel you. Have you ever been in a relationship before? Yeah. All right. And then what happened? Couldn't see where it was um, going. Like, yo, shut happened? up, man. <laughs> she got a sister him. They couldn't see a future for the relationship. <laughs> yes, I do. I have a sister him. My family is funny, so y'all don't. Charlemagne don't bother me. He's crazy, but Good. he ain't that crazy. Good. There's somebody out there for yeah, you. I definitely is. Bullshit. So I just. <laughs> I just there's somebody out there for you. Just, no, you you're just like any other woman who ain't found the right person yeah, yet. That, oh, my goodness. You just have a different type yeah. of, yeah, like, no. It, it's definitely somebody out there for you. That's right. Keep looking. Well, have a good one, Chuck. Oh have a great God. weekend. Keep searching. Keep searching, Keep searching. Yeah, keep, keep searching. Keep searching. Keep smiling. Have a good one, Chocolate. I'm going to tell you, y'all foul. Anytime... <gasps> Charlemagne doesn't know what advice he goes there's always somebody out there for you that's, the, that's what you got no it's true though I mean, but why I tell her keep looking if you already know that's been a problem the whole time because I, I would have said that to anybody but you corrected me so that's right keep Ugh, searching geez. but like the reality is like you know if you're a person that's single whether you're a man or woman just like we told the dude yesterday that called doing yeah. just fix my mess Ken mm -hmm. Weaver like yo there's somebody out there for you you just gotta keep looking you just definitely. ain't find the right person yet that's yeah, all yeah definitely don't stop looking I hate this place. I know. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Jess, uh, with the mess coming up? Yes, 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 yes. Real quick, though, I before we get to the rumors, I want to say that it is the first day of Women History Month. Hey. Uh, so, yeah, I just I just wanted to say that real quick. That's it. Hello, okay, we'll now, be back. Now we got the rumor. Jess, fix my mess coming up? Yeah, it's coming no, up. Just with the mess. Just with the mess. Yes, it's coming up, y'all. Yes. She said it was coming up. Are you listening? Yeah, but she ain't tell us what she got coming up. <laughs> it, it. it don't matter. It's going to be surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, okay. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Jess Hilarious. Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. I'm out in Atlanta. And let's get to Jess with the mess. Jess is real. Jess is real. Jess is real. Jess is real. Jess is going to bring numbers. Jess with the mess. And this is real. On the Breakfast Club. I know they know the distance. Keep it a stack. Okay. Princess Love files for... We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. 
Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Divorce from Ray J for the fourth time. Okay, why is this news? Let's check back in a few weeks, see if that changes. Um, <laughs> Lomi sat down for an interview and spoke about his dad. Duh, what else are you going to talk about? Um, that's why is that news? Either way, speaking of Big Meech, he's expected to come home in 2025, y'all. Um, allegedly, because he requested um a shorter sentence to the judge. He was originally supposed to come home in 2028. So if y'all don't see him in 2025, he'll be home in 2028. All right, Kiki Palmer was rumored <laughs> to be dating Miami Dolphins star Duke Riley. All right, so what? All right, cool. Jada Pinkett speaks on underpaid actors. I don't know why they give me them little stories like that. Jada Pinkett was on the most recent episode of NPR. It's a, a podcast. And um, she was asked about black actors being underpaid and her thoughts on how vocal Taraji B. Henson was about that. My heart broke for Taraji. I was also happy how courageous she was to speak about it in the way that she did. One of the things with Taraji, she, she is the breadwinner of her family. Her pressures would be different than mine. I have to put that out front because, you know, if it's time to walk away, that's not always the solution. Because what people don't understand as well, with us as black entertainers, we carry a lot of people with us. Right. I find that that's unique. There are peers from, from other cultures that don't necessarily do it that way. People will, would literally say, well, you don't need it. You're married to Will. 
I've heard that several times. I would love to know who those people are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's I, crazy. Yes. I want to know how do they convey that to a talent? Like, mm-hmm. who are these people? Are these people from the studio? Are these production yeah. companies? Like, yeah. were they saying this in, in jest? Are they really meant that in negotiations? Yeah. Like, you don't I need this they... because you're married to Will. I think a lot of people would, would, would think that. I don't know if they would right. say that. I think they would give her a low number and be like, she don't need it. You know what I mean? Right. That's what you think. But you don't actually say, say that correct. to her. You know, she has her own legacy she has her own like she's an actress as well mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you don't say that but for people who forgot or you know who want to be privy to what taraji said we have play number one i'm just tired of working so hard being gracious at what i do getting paid a fraction of the cost mm-hmm. i'm tired of hearing my sister say the same thing over and over i hear people go you work a lot well, have to the math ain't mathing and if i can't fight for them coming up behind me then what the f- am i doing i'm sorry yeah and, and jada being married to will by the yeah. way has nothing to do with anything i'm not at all i'm jada pinky right Smith. i'm here doing the work right you got to pay me for the Correct. work i'm about to do yeah so i i just i thought that was interesting that you know that was a different take on what um, Taraji said mm-hmm. um, Jada giving her her real truth about that moving on Oprah Winfrey steps down from Weight Watchers board um, Oprah is leaving the Weight Watchers after almost 10 years of being with them uh, she told the company this week that she ain't coming back you know because it's like a whole board and she has to be mm-hmm. reelected and all that and um, the decision came after she publicly announced that she used weight loss drugs um, in the past Oprah b- was open about the fact that using weight loss drugs is considered the easy way out and the fact that she's using them now people are looking at her like hold up well didn't you say that was the easy way out that's right i think that had to play to the fact that she was on the weight watchers board you know what i mean um but i i always thought that that was kind of you know weird and just to say you know that's the easy way out when it's really just somebody's preference you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying because mm-hmm. a lot of people work out and they can't lose that weight and if it's available and it's there and it's a way that you can do it people are gonna jump on it hence Oprah you know what I'm saying so according to the documents uh, her agreement with Weight Watchers says that she will not engage in any other weight loss or weight management business program products or service so she still plans to work with the CEO of Weight Watchers to reduce stigmas surrounding obesity but I, I thought she owned a big that. portion of that I thought she owned like a, a huge percentage of Weight Watchers she, that's what, she, that's yeah, what was, she, she's giving up her she's giving up that to uh, an organization I forgot the name of it I saw yeah. it yesterday that's what I thought it was strange when she came out and said that she used I guess weight loss drugs yeah. or whatever it may be because she came if, if she didn't say it nobody would have known but known. Weight Watchers is a program that's supposed to help people lose mm-hmm. weight and the fact that one of the I guess CEOs and owners or percentage of Owner mm-hmm. is using these other drugs. It just that says a lot about Oprah and her character, though. That's very respectable. Yeah, I think it's good that That's she right. actually told the truth because, like you said, it, nobody mm-hmm. would have known if she didn't say anything. Just like Fat Joe and them shoes. So you know, that's it, right. Don't don't lie to people. You you using weight loss drugs? We're trying to say it's Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. And imagine folks buying all this Weight Watchers, yeah. right? And you saying to yourself, "Why I'm not losing weight like yeah. Oprah?" It's because right. Oprah is actually using uh, weight loss drugs. Right, right, Same right. thing. I I never understood why Khaled was doing Weight Watchers. Yeah, shut up. I feel mm-hmm. like Khaled should have stepped down from Weight Watchers too. He lost a little weight though when he was on it. I don't remember that. When he found it again. <laughs> Listen, stop, y'all. All right, two men convicted in Jam Master Jay's murder 22 years after Jam Master Jay's death. There has finally been a conviction in his murder case. Ronald Washington, who's 59, and Carl Jordan Jr., who's 40, were found guilty by a Brooklyn federal jury. Um, Ronald Washington was his childhood friend, and he's the same age. Um, he was the same age as Jam Master Jay, and Carl Jordan was his godson. That, that means, horrible. Yes, uh, his godson was 18 at the time of his death. 
Um, that's crazy. Prosecutors say the murder Sad. was fueled by revenge and greed, and it was a drug deal that had gone wrong. The verdict came after a four-week trial, and all of this is according to a Fox 11 News report. We had a report, but I, it, I just said everything in the report because yeah. I can read. So thanks. Very, very sad. It, yeah. it, it's, it's great because they finally found the killers and they they yeah. got you know time. Uh, you know, of course they left the courtroom saying they didn't do it, but you know they had witnesses that mm -hmm. actually pointed them out that they said that they were scared to speak up for years now because they were scared of revenge. So yeah. I just I'm just glad that you know now hopefully you know Jam Master Jay can rest in peace and his family can have some closure. Definitely Absolutely. rest in peace, Jam Master Jay, sending his family healing energy. Like you said, I hope it brings closure. It's just crazy that you get killed by your godson like yeah. you know, the, the, the person that 18. if something was to happen to their parents yeah, you're supposed you to, have take to be them there for them that mm -hmm. person takes your life lord have mercy mm -hmm. boy. Cold, and your childhood friends somebody that you grew up with man hmm. so All that right. is Jess with the mess for the first hour y'all thank you Jess no problem now when we come back we got front page news Cezlyn Figaro will be joining us and uh, D1 artist rapper teacher he'll be talking to us next so don't move it's the breakfast club good morning Wake up. Wake up. You're locked into the Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Jess Hilarious, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. What up, Tiz? What's going on, DJ NV, Queen of the Breakfast Club, Jess Hilarious, and Charlemagne the Guy. Good morning. Now, I know last hour we were talking about Biden, so let's jump right back into Biden. We're going to jump right back into Biden. Let's go straight to Biden. Well, he took a, well, he did not take a mental fitness test and said that he doesn't need one. So, uh, of course, a reporter asked, you know, why didn't, when he took his uh, yearly physical, why didn't he take the mental test? This is what she had to say. But you were asking me about a cognitive test. The president doesn't need a cognitive test. That is not my assessment. That is the assessment of the president's doctor. Uh, that is also the assessment of the neurologist uh, who has also made that assessment as well. And, you know, and you've heard us say this, and I'll reiterate this. The president's doctor has said, the president, who is also the commander-in-chief, he passes a cognitive test every day as he moves from one topic to another topic, try, understanding the granular level of these topics. You saw him talk about uh, fighting crime today. Tomorrow he's going to go to the border. Next week he's going to give a State of the Union address. And so we have to keep that in mind. I believe all presidents should have to take a cognitive test regardless of age. I believe anybody in any position of power that that has to lead people should have to take a cognitive test, you know, uh, like like annually. I really you don't think that. that's a stretch. Like no. it's okay to ask you to take to take a, a cognitive no. test. I believe when you, you're leading if, millions of people. That's right. If you are a leader and you are a leader of people the way presidents are, I don't care. It's not about age. I don't care who you should have to take a cognitive test. I really yeah. feel that way. Well, Dr. Phil was interviewed on TMZ and he was asked, uh, should he have to take um, a mental exam? And, and Dr. Phil, first of all, he explained how he specialized in brain and central nervous sy system when he was practicing, which I think is important. And this is what he had to say about President Biden. If you Biden. really had nothing to hide, I think you would hide nothing. And if you had no problem with neurological deficits, wouldn't you want to crow about that? Wouldn't you want to have a transparent neurocognitive examination? and show the world that was the case, that kills the issue in the election. Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil is not wrong. Yeah, but I, I, I believe he, he definitely needs a test. Now, if you don't know what that test includes, if, if you're like, well, what does the test include? It it uh, does your thinking, your learning, your remembering, the judgment, uh, and also breaking down problems and problem solving. So that's what it does. And, and I'm with Charlamagne. I think at certain age when people do certain things, I think everybody should have to take that test. I don't know what the test actually consists of, but I think that if you are a, a certain 
flying a plane, driving mm-hmm. a bus, something where you have a lot of power, where people can be affected by That's you, right. I think you should be taking these tests as well. Anyone in a leadership position, if you serve people, presidents, doctors, police officers, if you serve people on a high level, you should have to take a cognitive test. It, it, to me, it's not even about age. It's just about the position that you're in. But not even that. I think even, even if you own a firearm, yes. you should be tested to Absolutely. make sure that you, you know, you're thinking clearly and thinking straight I to agree. be being able to have that much power to possibly kill people. You know, I agree. Yeah, and at the very least, he should have taken it because this is the m- number one issue that people have, you know, with uh, President Biden, uh, age and memory and, you know, the, the mental fitness. So this certainly would have shut it down and this will continue to be a conversation, you know, as we go into the election. So it just seemed like it would have made sense even from a political standpoint. But I want to tell you guys about New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who has uh, wants some changes to the NYC sanctuary policy. Uh, he's asked for drastic changes, marking this the first time he publicly endorsed a shift that could put undocumented immigrants who are accused of a crime in the hands of ICE. Take a listen. I don't believe people who are violent in our city and commit repeated crimes should have the privilege of being in our city. It comes after recent high-profile crimes allegedly committed by migrants, including an assault on two NYPD officers last month and a tourist shot earlier this month during a robbery inside of a Times Square clothing store. Wednesday, police also responded to a stabbing at a Manhattan shelter. The mere fact we cannot share with ICE that this person has committed three robberies that this person is part of an organized gang crew. Matter of fact, we can't say that and can't communicate with that. That's problematic for me. At some point, Democrats like Mayor Eric Adams need to admit they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Last year, when Governor Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis were sending migrants to those sanctuary cities, and I said that that was genius, mm-hmm. this is why. Okay, this this moment right here is why I was saying that was genius, because eventually Democrats had to admit, yo, there really, truly is a problem. This is a problem that never impacted the Northeast like that. It was Mm -hmm. impacting the Texases and the Floridas, but Mm -hmm. it never impacted the Northeast. So when those Republican governors were saying, hey, this is a problem, you know. Now you're right. You didn't. You didn't. You don't believe it. Now we're gonna send it to your door. Now people like Eric Adams can say, "Yo, yeah, they were. They were right. They need to say that those folks were right." And just think about it. Just this past January, when I was out here telling folks what people in New York was telling me about the migrant mm-hmm. issue, what people in Chicago were telling mm-hmm. me about the migrant issue, not politicians, regular everyday working class people, they were saying that was MAGA messaging. Oh, yeah, how they, things have changed. No, you're right. You're <laughs> absolutely right because, like you my, said, my, my, it didn't. It didn't affect. Until it, it came in our own backyard, right? When it was That's a right. problem in Texas, somebody in, in New York do, doesn't know how that, that feels. Right. Somebody in Jersey doesn't know how that feels. Somebody's in D.C. doesn't know how that feels. But when they put it in your own backyard, you'd be like, right. whoa, 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 whoa. That's right. It's not MAGA messaging no more, is it, y'all? Y'all, yeah. just, just January, <laughs> it, 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 y'all was writing articles on MSNBC saying I was spreading MAGA messaging, simply talking about the migrant issue. They asked me a simple question on Fox News. In November, will the border be an issue? I was like, Absolutely. And I gave, I laid out reasons why, because of what people, regular, everyday working class people from New York to Chicago were telling me. Now, look. That's right. And you couldn't even bring it up two or three years ago at all. You would automatically be called anti-immigrant, canceled, like complete. Don't even address the conversation. So my, 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 have things changed. I will say that the uh, advocates for the migrants are saying uh, that this is fueling fear mongering and baseless attacks. And this is going to cause public safety issues because people don't feel comfortable, you know, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. talking to ICE. But, you know, again, the mayor is saying 
if I can't talk to ICE or deport people who are causing crimes in the city, this ain't going to work. So we're going to have to come back and, and discuss, you know, a better policy. Now, at this particular moment, he has not put out there exactly what it is he's looking for um, or if a conviction would be necessary. But he's basically saying, y'all, no, this ain't it. We're going to come back to the table and figure this out because we got to get this under control. Can I tell you what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next is, uh, you know, because America's not good at solving problems. And being that America's not good at solving problems, America don't even have the resources to take care of these migrants like they're acting like they do. So what's going to happen when these migrants can't get taken care of? What are they going to resort to? Crime. Because they're, gonna, they're just going to be trying to survive. And where are they probably going to be committing this crime at? In the hood. In rural areas like I'm from. In South Carolina. And then what's going to happen? You're going to have civil wars between people in these hoods, people in these rural areas, and migrants. You're going to have wars between gangs in these areas and the migrants. All because everybody's just trying to survive. America doesn't know how to solve problems, man. At all. And, and by the way, that's happening now in Chicago. So remember we covered that in Chicago, Southside Chicago. Uh, black folks who are saying, you know, hey, this this ain't it. We don't want, you know, uh, these the certain uh, uh, buildings built here and, and landing it here, uh, quote unquote, in the hood or whatever you want to call it, because you're dumping the problem on us. And we're trying to survive as well. You know, That's they right. always say, what about Chicago? Where do you think that crime comes from in the inner city from people trying to survive? So now you have one group of people who are trying to survive against another group of people That's trying right. to survive. And what is the result of that? Meaning each other eat each other alive. Violence. So, yes, That's right. yeah. there's, there's already there's already clashes over resources like you can go to right. somebody like you know I, I do a lot of work with the food bank in Harlem you know what I mean and like a lot of the, the migrants they'll go there to get food as, as, as they should but the people that's been coming there for years they ain't gonna let them cut the line <laughs> so there's already clashes and everything over this stuff like America does not know how to solve problems we've never known how to solve the problem of poverty in this country and this situation is just gonna make it worse alright well that is front page news thank you Tess Absolutely. Have a great weekend. And make sure you follow at Tesla Figaro on all social media platforms and subscribe to this great shot. No chaser podcast uh, hosted by Tesla Figaro on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. All right. When we come back, artist D1 will be joining us. We're going to kick it with D1. He's a teacher. He's a professor at Harvard. And we'll get into it. So don't move. No, he's not a professor at Harvard. He teaches a hip hop class or a rap class. No, no, no. That's Tufts University. Yeah, that's not Harvard. That he teaches that. I think he went to Harvard. Yeah, he owns land on Harvard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll let him tell his story. That's right. We'll talk to him next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ Envy, Jess Hilarious, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Got the brother D1. Welcome, yes, brother. Man, thank y'all for having me, man. I didn't know this was your first time up here. I thought for sure you was up here, but D1 was up here before. You serious, bro? I, I honestly did. Man, well, hey, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. That means my presence must be getting felt, you heard me, even if I wasn't here. That's, you know, because you, you run into D1 so much. So least, many times, like, yeah. At least back in the day, I used to run into D1 a lot. You know, yeah. D1 just be... You know, you be out. Yeah, yeah be touching up, the people. Man. Yeah, there, there you go. Touching the people. That's that's always been the goal. I've been to your book signings before, yep. you heard me, yep. in South Carolina. Yep. I done seen you backstage at A3C. Yep. Like, really working because I, I never had anything given to me in this industry. So when I stopped being a middle school teacher back in Louisiana, I was like, damn, I'm about to be a rapper now. It was important for me to go out there and make it happen. So how you make it happen? You form organic connections. I remember when I was a teacher in Louisiana, Um, I used to be Fredo Bang's middle school teacher. You heard me? Like, wow. literally. And I remember before I told my class, like, look, I'm about to stop teaching after this year to be a rapper. I was like, dang, is there going to be longevity in the music industry the way there is if I was to stay being a teacher? And all these years later, I'm still here and still ascending. You heard me? So that's God, bro. That's why I know my path is divine. 
Nobody could say, well, D, you had this person that put you on. God orchestrated my blessings, bro, mm -hmm. to where nobody could get the credit except for him, for me. You said you were Fredo Bang's teacher. Did you know when you were teaching him that he was going to be a rapper, he was going to be a star? Not at all. Nah. No. Nah, I just knew he was a funny little dude. He was cool. He had a sense of humor. And he was smart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he was not to be play played with. He was serious. Mm -hmm. You know, he was serious about just demanding his respect. But he was just a cool dude. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just did a, uh, I did a video with him... Um Cause he put out an album called Yes I'm Sad mm -hmm. And like you know I did a video with him Encouraging him to go to Go to therapy And then I, connect, I actually Connected him with a therapist That's that's coming out soon Good. He actually sat down With a real therapist I mean I, I I don't suggest people Broadcast it But if they want to I'm not mad at it What know? if people broadcast Going to therapy Yeah I mean no 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 Sitting down Like the actual session Like Oh the actual session I think they're doing The actual session I'm not sure I'm not sure Really Yeah I think I did that once for VH1 and I'll never do like that again. Yeah, bro, because it's hard to be transparent. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's super hard to be. I went to therapy actually right after that BET Cypher. I started going to therapy, bro. Mm -hmm. I was signed to RCA at the time, right? And, you know, you're on the BET Cypher, you're thinking your life about to change after this night. Like, that's mm -hmm. what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And nothing changed after that night. Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> nothing changed after that night. So I was like, Damn, man. And I was feeling like, I know I'm the underdog in this industry because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm on some, I'm on some righteous stuff. I'm on some put God first stuff. I come from New Orleans. Like, after that, I felt like I blew my shot. It started messing with me, me with me mentally to where I was like, dang, I kind of don't even want to be here no more. Not in the industry, but on this earth. Mm -hmm. And when I started realizing, like, then I'm having suicidal thoughts mm -hmm. behind feeling like I'm professionally a failure, I realized I couldn't separate David from D1 at that point. Mm -hmm. And that was unhealthy, you know what I mean? And for the first time in life, I went to therapy because I was like talking to my friends that ain't getting it at this point, talking to my grandma, rest in peace, that ain't cutting it at this point. So therapy really did help me, but ultimately what helped me even more than therapy was understanding my God-given purpose for like, man, I know who my creator is. I know why I was put here. And I was put here to glorify him. So who am I to think that my whole life is a failure because one moment didn't elevate me professionally? Let me ask you a question. You know, they consider you a, a Christian rapper, right? I don't know. I don't know if they do or not, you know? Because the reason is, is I feel like they put you in a box, but there's a lot of rappers that preach positivity and exactly. don't preach gang, don't preach guns, don't preach violence. And they're not put in that same box, but they seem to put you in that box. You know why? It's because they smart. The other rappers, they crafty. I ain't gonna say it's smart. They crafty. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. 
State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there... Time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates— Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. They'll have a positive message, but then they'll sprinkle in some, but I'll smash your girl, you know what I mean? Or, or like... My partners will come spin the bin and 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 and, and murk you. You know what I mean? They'll they'll slide a little bit of that in there. Put the medicine so, in the candy. There you go. But I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think. Wait, you mean put the candy in the medicine? No, put the medicine in the candy. Put the medicine in the candy. Yeah. yeah. So they so they and I I don't think that that's uh, wise because I, I it's just like that kind of comes across lukewarm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So with me. It's one of the things where I was like, if I got to sacrifice a little bit of professional like growth in order to say I'm going to be uncompromising about my message, I'm down for it. Because wherever I get, that's where I was meant to be in God's eyes. You know, a lot of people got selfish ambition mm-hmm. and that's different from godly ambition. What godly ambition is, God, I just want to make you proud and wherever that land me at, I'm content. Selfish ambition is the world telling me to chase being a billionaire. The world telling me this is the newest car to get. The world telling me that this the brands I need to be rocking. That selfish ambition that had you chasing a moving target for your whole life. And I never fell victim to that because around the time I was starting to get materialistic, I went to Ghana when I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. I saw real poverty. I thought I grew up in the hood till I went to Ghana. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I came back, man. I'm not tripping on wearing Jabo jeans no more. I'm not tripping on, you know, having to, yeah, have this jewelry and be like the hot boys or whatever. Man, I just seen people who their joy is their weapon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't need to carry no gun. My joy is my weapon moving forward. I want my smile to light the room up when I come in there. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been on for a long time. So you apply that to the rap game, and people gonna be like, oh, he different. And because he different, 
And he he loved God. He a Christian rapper. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If that's what people call me, cool. But a lot of people, they just like, nah, bro. He's a college professor. Mm -hmm. He's a Harvard University fellow. He's a dope rapper. He's an activist. He's, you know, he's a bunch of things. He's an author. This is my children's book I just wrote. Mm -hmm. David found his slingshot? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that I wrote that at Harvard last year. And it's, 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 uh, it's based on you being bullied while growing up, right? Man, I used to get <clears throat> bullied when I was in kindergarten. You know, okay. like a lot of people. Um, And when I was bullied... At the time, I ain't know how to, you know, I ain't know how to get over that. So mm -hmm. this is an anti-bullying hip hop children's book because, uh, yeah, bro, just like the story of David and Goliath, David was able to de defeat Goliath when he found his slingshot. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Mm -hmm. David didn't use nobody else's weapons when they was like, here, take this shield, take this sword. He was like, nah, I'm good on that. I know what my gift is. My gift is using this slingshot. Mm. The way I overcame my bully is I found my slingshot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you read the book, you, you realize what my slingshot is, mm -hmm. but you realize that we all got a slingshot. And when you find your slingshot in life and you use it for the purpose God designed it for, you're going to defeat the Goliaths in your world too. You know, it's life and death in the power of the tongue. That's Proverbs 18 and 21. Like, it don't say life and death in the power of the beat. You hear me? The beat could change your mood or your frequency, but life and death is in the power of those lyrics. And that's just real, yo. So now it's like, Instead of just being the, the person that's anti this, anti that, I got to be just as dope, but in a different lane. So that's why I got to be able to counteract the murder music with stuff like, I don't care if you know me. You about to respect how I step. Why would you think I'd ever fear you? I don't even fear death. A scary boy need a gun like bad breath need a gum. Yeah, your teeth clean, but I know the power of the tongue. I'm a man of God. I ain't superstitious. From New Orleans, where Birdman quotes get treated like Bible scriptures. But me, I ain't the type to brag about what I done bought. I make silent moves, but I get loud results. If D1 talk about his pain, you gonna really relate. D1 talk about his paper, you gonna know that he's straight. D1 rap on top of your beat, you gonna know that he ate. D1 rap on top of your beat, you gonna know that he ate. You bragging about what you done been through, partner? We survivors too. And you call them boys your brothers, but which one's gonna ride for you? Ain't no G-code no more, but the streets done lied to you. That's why I be in my bag, but I be in my Bible too. They don't like me, but they know they can't deny me. Man, I'm a real gangster, and they know right where to find me. G-A-N-G-S-T-A, do not try me. Growing and nurturing gifts, serving the Almighty. Keep up. A lot of people feel how I be feeling, but don't speak up. I be out at Harvard in my office with my feet up. God, why are you so good to me? I need answers. Slaves built this school. Now I own real estate on campus. That's how I got to come, bro. I dare you say And I really own real estate. Charlamagne, I dare you say that ain't it, bro. I dare you say that. When it is what it is, you don't got to say nothing. But of course that was dope. All right, we got more with D1. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV. It's just hilarious. Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with D1. Man, thank y'all for having me, man. Now, you were very vocal uh, about uh, rappers using their platform. Uh, on, you spoke man. about, of course, Meek and Jim Jones and Rick Ross, and you were upset with, you felt like the music that they put out was hurting the youth opposed to helping. Yeah. Now, break that down a little bit. Yeah, and, because and all those brothers in their music have uplifting songs and positive songs it's not just all about bang bang shoot them up F your girl but right. you felt like the singles that they put out were well I just feel like we got a lot of selective outrage in the black community in general a lot of selective outrage if a white person say the n-word one time 
All it takes is one time for them to say it. We at their top. Mm -hmm. We on their head. Oh, no, you said that word. Oh, we trying to cancel you. We'll never let you forget that. But if artists, if it's like, yo, well, they rap about murdering people, you know, in 50% of their songs, but in the other 50% or in 80% of their songs, but 20%, they rapping about economic empowerment and, 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 and some positive stuff. Like, shouldn't that be okay? We're content with a state of lukewarmness. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. something that I'm just like, yo, that's confusing. That's confusing to these kids. I'm with the kids on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. You feel me? I'm, I'm a college professor currently, in addition to being a rapper. Like, I'm seeing that these kids who ain't from the trenches at all, now their identity is rooted in like, well, if I'm black, I gotta be able to relate to this type of music to even feel like I'm authentically black. And that's because that's what's getting pushed. And I'm just telling the artists like, bro, we know, like, we made it from that. We shouldn't have to be glorifying that stuff. It's, a, it's definitely a problem. What if we switched our, our mindset about how we look at the music? Like, is there a way to look at the music as just entertainment the same way we look at movies you, or you, TV shows? You being serious right now? Or are you I'm just playing honest. devil's advocate? I'm going to be honest, because none of these people, all these people are in character. It's not like they're saying, hey, my name is such and such. They're, they're all in character. Well, we do it in movies and TV shows. We know it's not real. And they glorify it even worse, probably, than the music. I think he, I, yeah, I don't, you playing. Thank you. Serious. Thank you, Jess. No, yeah, get your boy. Yeah. But, but I also feel like what Charlamagne says, not to say it, and I get what you're saying, it's an influence, but we know these are rappers ain't killing nobody. No, we don't know that. Majority of them. We can't say we know They're that. not running around shooting nobody. Majority of them. Bro, are you serious? They are. Evie, they are. I, listen, listen. <laughs> listen. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. Yeah, yeah, that mean, yeah. Bro, I just watched y'all show the other day, bro. I'm a fan mm -hmm. of the show, first of all. Mm -hmm. I just watched the show when y'all had my brother uh, French Montana French up Montana, here. Yeah. D -thing the and, young uh, brother with Ken French. The, not, yeah. not, the, not the young queen, but the yeah, young yeah. brother with yeah, French. Yeah, -thing. He was like, y'all, you was like, yo, French smashing other uh, rappers' wives. French was like, nah, that's rap cap. I'm just mm -hmm. saying that. Yeah. Uh, the young brother was like, man, I make drill rap. Like, what you mean? If we ain't living it, like, shoot, that's lame. Yeah. We gotta yeah. be living it. Right. Yeah, Charlamagne, yeah. they telling you that, bro. Yeah, they yeah, telling yeah. you, like, no, mm -hmm. this ain't just uh, fiction rap. Like, this is non-fiction. Rap is implied that it's autobiographical and you telling your real story. You hear me? D1 is just a stage name. It's not a character. It's an extension of who David Augustine is. Mm -hmm. That's what rap is, bro. I can remember my favorite rap lyrics from the Hot Boys from 20 years ago. I can't, I don't, I don't walk around quoting my favorite movies from 20 years ago, line for line, from the whole movie. Mm -hmm. But I can rap you any Lil Wayne lyrics from 20 years ago. I definitely got me a 38 uh, snub nose because of Tupac and Juice. A 30 that was a movie, though. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I've definitely been influenced. I can't say that I haven't been influenced by movies. You I mean, been old though. That's different. We are way about. more influenced by music than, yeah. than we are movies, bro. And at the same time, when the last time you seen these these actors from movies out here getting killed and getting uh Rico charges and getting put in jail? I agree. Thank you. So since we agree with that, it's it's clear that like music has this pull on us, but we content with this state of lukewarmness. Yo, mm -hmm. I'm telling y'all, and all I'm saying is we are massively successful who's sitting here right now. All of us massively successful. With our platform, like, I feel called to not make the next generation feel content with uh, with saying, yeah, like, let's glorify this stuff, but not let's just not go do it in real life. I wonder mm -hmm. about uh, people's environments, too, though, because I feel like the environment you come up in influences you way more than music would. I just think the problem sometimes is that people provide soundtracks for the environment. Okay. Okay, so that's where... As OGs in hip hop and as success stories, we should be able to, yo, 
to the youngins coming up, let me show you how you can take that environment and make your environment be a product of you. Because you was chosen, you hear me? Mm -hmm. If you're an artist and you got a huge platform, you know what our responsibility is? It's to make the revolution irresistible. It's not to keep feeding lies to people. I didn't have rappers had these type of convos with me outside the booth, and then the engineer be like, all right, the beat is ready, and they, they, they leave from their chair, they go hop in the boot, and they go kill 40 people. Mm-hmm. In that song, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but how do you change that? Because I, I, you know, how do you change that? Because I, I heard you said in the interview is like, you know, a lot of these rappers you feel are serving two masters, right? Yeah, the man upstairs, and then or the man and woman upstairs, and then also the money. Yeah. So how do you change that? You got to pick one. Mm-hmm. And who created you? Did money create you, or did God create you? Mm-hmm. God created you, so that's who you're supposed to be serving. Don't become a slave to a green piece of paper. Shout out to my brother Styles P. Man, that's a song of his. I live my whole life for a green piece of paper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, that, that song hit me back when I was in school. Because I was like, dang, I don't want to live my whole life for a green piece of paper that could be torn up. And then once you tear it up, it has no value. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that, man. When did you first realize you were using your gifts for their intended purpose? Well, the first time I did a uh, show, it was, a, it was a, a talent show at LSU. And uh, Miss Afini Shakur was at my school, right? Wow. Tupac's mom. And when I got off stage, I didn't win first place, second place, or third place in that talent show. But when I got off stage, she was like, young brother, your passion on that microphone, when I see you perform, reminds me of my son. And when she told me that, I was like, oh, I got something special. So I'm like, who would I, who would I be to, to have a watered down message when I know that this message could be life-changing for people in a good or bad way. And you're a professor, right? So yeah, at Tufts University. And you teach students about the intersection of hip-hop and social change. Yes, sir. Break, break wow. that down. Yeah, so my course that I designed is all about how hip-hop has been used to make social change in the past and how we can use it to make social change moving forward. Because unfortunately, it's kind of veered in the direction of, yo, um... I'm just trying to get the bag. I ain't even a rapper. I'm just a game spitter. I'm just a hustler. You know, it's kind of veered in that direction. So people now focused on making change via hip hop, right? And I'm just saying, yo, as a class, we're going to learn how different artists have been able to use their platform to really make real change. I was on tour with Macklemore when the Thrift Shop song came out, Mm -hmm. doing a nationwide tour with him. I saw the change that they were making, even in the LGBTQ community, when they had the same love song. Mm -hmm. I saw all of the legislation that they were a part of and how they had people getting married at the shows and all this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm seeing real social change be made via hip hop. I done seen um, the impact that Air Force Ones then had on a whole, you know, a whole country make people want. So we just study about that stuff in my class, bro. And I'm empowering my class to want to make music, but also uh, consume music that's going to make change. Because why are you consuming music that's glorified? Like, one assignment I had for my class was to write Kodak Black a letter while he was in jail just now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kodak wow. just got out last week. Wow. And me wow. and Kodak are cool. So we were DMing yesterday and Kodak hit me like, yo, I got all them letters from you and your class. Oh, he was cool. like, that stuff really inspired wow. me. Thank you, bro. Y'all snapped. I want to come and visit your class. And I just seen hip hop make people do that, man. Like, mm-hmm. I got adrenaline running through me right now, man. I'm on a breakfast club. Yeah. It's going to make people like want to amplify something inside of them. Thankfully, though, because I know I'm serving God, I'm like, amplify the righteousness in you, D. Yeah. Like, don't amplify, because I got darkness in me, too. Mm-hmm. I got wretchedness. I got craziness. I got uh, evil in me as well. We all do. But 
I don't want to amplify that part. I try to suppress that part as much as possible. But man, I see people make the wrong decisions every day, and I just try to, I try to still be here for them. We gotta still have grace with people. You feel yeah. me? Mm -hmm. All right, well, don't move. We got more when D1 when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Jess Larris, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with D1, Charlemagne. You've been propositioned to compromise yourself. At different points in this industry, right? I know what you're talking about. I don't want... If you're not going to say I'm not going to say No, it, let's but. say it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, say it. Is it true that you were pressured to participate in homosexual acts for a major... Is it true that you were pressured to participate in homosexual acts for... Where'd you get that? I didn't see that on this. No, it's very true. No, no, it's true. No, it's very true. I don't know how you heard that. Maybe you heard another uh, interview or something. Mm -hmm. It's very true, brother. That's when I was a local rapper trying to get on... And when people see that you are vulnerable, because they know they got the leverage, there's certain people in this industry who will be like, oh, I think he'll be willing to do something strange for a piece of change. Dang. You know what I mean? And I had somebody, I was trying to get somebody to manage me at the time. And the person I was trying to get to manage me, I drove out of town. I went to a video shoot that they were a part of. And during the video shoot, we were, we were going to have a meeting and talk about that. And yeah, that person kind of, you know, implied to me like, yo, like I'll manage you. You just got to do something for me. You hear me? Yikes. Yeah. And when you see them managing artists now, you like, yeah. Man, that, so actually that person. Jesus Christ. Yeah, bro. No, this a real thing, dog. Mm -hmm. This ain't no. I'm surprised y'all don't know most stories like that. I do. No, we do. We know a lot of them. So but not about you. Oh, just, yeah, just, but but it's yeah. a so it's a real thing that I know. And unfortunately, so that person, they not like some big mogul nowadays. Whatever mm. trajectory they were on, like they 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 fell off. Yeah. Right. I say that, but I want people to know that story because I could have said yes, and I could have had something to this day that's a huge skeleton in my closet that I'm like, damn, bro, mm. like. I'm traumatized behind that and I had to do that to get on. Mm -hmm. All I had to do to get on was be real, be righteous, and be relevant. You heard me? Yeah. Keep God first, man. Absolutely. And um, I want to ask you one last thing about imposter syndrome because you got a record called Imposter Syndrome. Yeah. And you're clearly at a place of worthy right now. So when did you get to that place of worthy and was able to say, you know what, I know who I am? Anytime I'm entering a, a space where I feel like I'm being tolerated and not celebrated, shout mm -hmm. out to you for that. I got that from you. Mm -hmm. I still feel a sense of impo imposter syndrome. In the music industry, for the most part, I feel like they tolerate me, but they don't celebrate me, right? Mm -hmm. My fans, man, my fans want me to win so bad. That's why my fans, like, we'll name our own price, D. We'll pay for your album. We, we, we'll go stream it too, but we'll pay up to $1,000 for your album. I got fans that love me. But the industry, bro, I still feel like they're like, dang, D got so many followers. He making so much noise. We got to let him on this. So we got to open this door for him. But they just tolerate me. They don't necessarily celebrate me. Mm -hmm. So I still feel imposter syndrome a lot of times when I'm in industry spaces. Because you can kind of tell when people are like, you're too big and too powerful at this point to not have you here. But we ain't necessarily like championing you. Like you mm -hmm. can see the industry pushing some people to the forefront. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it keeps me humble. It keeps me with a chip on my shoulder. It keeps me feeling like I'm that underdog from New Orleans. I'm David with more Goliaths to have to fight. You think it's more like Sharif and Menace though? It's like, oh, here come D1 again. He bought the priest to us and tell us put the weed down and put the liquor down. Man, that's... I, I don't, bro, because I, cause I never get that from people that like, man, you come across preachy or anything mm -hmm. like that. I'm passionate, but... Yeah. That's why I'm able to be on the phone with a Boosie, on the phone with a Kodak Black, you know what I mean? Kicking it with Manny Fresh, Juvenile, like all these, like, man, I'm just a regular dude, bro. I'm really just a regular dude yeah. who is simply not a slave to money, and I know who I serve, who is who we say we all serve, which is God. So because of that, cool, man, I can't be content 
with things that's not glorifying God that's happening on my watch and in my space. Bro, I'm on a breakfast club right now, man. I got to say some stuff that's going to impact people even after we long gone and we're not on this earth no more. I, I understand it because the, the, the negative is definitely amplified. So when people say things like, man, how come D1 just don't reach out to some of these people personally? I mean, you got to say what you're saying about the positive and you got to amplify that too, right? Like that got to be said publicly if the negative is public. Thank you, bro. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Listen, man. Mm -hmm. Public actions deserve public responses. We have an industry that is putting this music out publicly every day. If I go on every playlist in the world right now, it's being curated with murder music, with music that's disrespecting our women, that's glorifying drug dealing. With that being said, man, it's gotta be addressed publicly. Mm -hmm. It can't be like, why you don't hit all these individual artists up behind the scenes? And I'm not interested in, let me go at the industry. Who is the industry? I don't know who the industry is. Mm -hmm. Y'all had uh, Leo Cohen on here talking about, hey, hey, I got miles to feed too. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, listen, America doesn't want to heal your trauma. America wants to monetize your trauma. Mm -hmm. This industry don't want to heal your trauma. They want to monetize your trauma. So I'm like, let me empower the artists and the fans to simply be smarter and say, let's continue to make hip hop. Let's continue to listen to hip hop, but let's make a healthier version of it that's going to be better for all of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Talk to us about the Platinum Pledge for you get out the of here. The Platinum Pledge? Oh, man. So the Platinum Pledge, all right. Mm -hmm. In the music industry, the highest standard of success is gone platinum, right? Mm -hmm. So I turn platinum into an acronym. It stands for People Leading a Transformation Involving Newly Unified Mindsets. That's what platinum stands for. The Platinum Pledge simply says that we are taking a vow that we will not create, support, or promote music that's glorifying murder, Glorifying drug dealing Glorifying the disrespect of our women And glorifying sexual irresponsibility mm. That's the platinum pledge And I'm unifying people to say Yo, there's actually more of us Who agree with this mm -hmm. than don't agree with this mm -hmm. But the industry will make you Feel like, oh man, I'm the only one Or I'm lame if I don't want to hear murder music yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So the platinum pledge, brother Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people have signed it already, bro. Mm -hmm. Now I'm on the Breakfast Club talking about it. People could go to my website, d1music.com, D-E-E, -E, the number one, music.com, and go sign the Platinum Pledge. And I'm unifying all these thousands of people together to say, now here is how we create a healthier hip-hop space for all of us. That's what the Platinum Pledge is, bro. I would love for y'all to sign it, you heard me? Definitely gonna sign mm -hmm. it. Real talk, man, that's, that's bro, that is life-changing, bro. That is life-changing when we see this ain't about canceling nobody, this ain't about we don't love this person, we want everybody to be a part of this shift, but we wanna make it together. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! 
drive the Nissan Rogue. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how Black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there... Time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Man, that's huge, bro. So that's what the Platinum Pledge is. And I've been doing these meetings going from city to city called Rappers Only. Mm-hmm. In New Orleans, I kicked it off in my hometown. We had a hundred rappers in the same room. Mm. Gangster rappers, Christian rappers, uh, backpack rappers, uh, females, all kind of stuff, right? And we in there, rappers only. And we talking about what's the mental side of what goes into why we make the music we make. Uh, monetarily, like how important is it to make money off of the music we make? Uh, what's the message we want to put out there? It's basically therapy for artists. And me doing this and doing these rappers only meetings from city to city, this stuff is making artists feel like, damn, bro, like finally I could express some stuff that I couldn't express to my fan base or I couldn't express like to other people that don't just get me, man. I'm trying to unify us so we could be better, bro. And not trying, we doing it at this point. You heard me? Give me your Twitters and Instagrams and all that stuff, D1. All my social media is D1 Music, D-E-E, the number one music. You heard me? All my social media and on uh, streaming platforms is just D1, D-E-E, dash the number one. I got 11 albums out and counting. Y'all go check it out. Newest album from the hood to Harvard, please. And look, I want to bless y'all with these patches, limited edition patches. Yeah. Be real, be righteous, be relevant. That's my collaboration mm-hmm. I just did with Levi's. Envy, I got you, brother. Thank you, brother. You hear me? Yeah, man. So that, that's my motto. When I say three is up, that's what it means, brother. Be real, be righteous, be relevant. And hip-hop, I know we could do all them things, mm-hmm. and we're going to win together. Congratulations you on you the collaboration. Brother. Thank right. y'all, man. Yes. I can't wait to see y'all next time, bro, because we got to keep Thank this you. journey going. You Absolutely. hear me? That's right. Yeah. Well, it's D1. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Man.
And let's get right with Jess with the mess. Jess is gonna bring numbers. Okay. Mama D accuses Bambi and her mother of going to jail for fraud multiple times. Mama D, give it up. Right. Meek <laughs> Mill willing to die over DJ Academics beef. Act call him Freak Mill. Meek Mill, come on now. This is it. I ain't going even going in there. Why are you willing to die? Please. What happened to prison reform? Prison reform, please. Now, I will say, I did see some funny stuff on the internet yesterday. They said that uh, Diddy getting everybody in, involved in a Freako, a Freako case. They catching Freako case. Don't ever be willing to die. <laughs> I agree with that. Jada Pinkett Smith wants Willow to have a relationship like hers. Which one, please? Uh-uh. Which one? Like one with Will or one with Tupac or one with... Could you stop? Why? No. Jesus, Jess. Why is that a headline? No. Jesus. That's no. your Baltimore sister. Yeah, she is a Baltimore aunt. And Don't Will, do and, that. And Will is a great human. I would yeah, love for is. one of my daughters to bring Man, home a Will Smith. But all right, let Willow Type. have her own. You know, that's fine. I bet you would. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but maybe you okay. wouldn't. You don't know. Come on now. Stop. We don't know them people like that. All right, Bradley Cooper admits it took eight months to really love his daughter. Um, Bradley Cooper recently appeared on the Armchair Expert podcast. And these podcasts, they, they get funnier and funnier and more interesting and weird to me because he spoke on struggling to find a connection with his daughter uh, when she was first born. I remember the first time I realized, because everybody's like, I would die in a second for my kid. I'm always like, if I'm being honest, I don't know. Like the first yeah. like eight months, I'm like, I don't even know if I really love the kid. We don't know her yet. It's dope. It's cool. I'm watching this thing morph. Oh, shut up, Bradley. Not she talking to like what is that she a car? That sounds crazy. Yeah, it's like she talk like like it's a car or something. Yeah, I didn't know it was that. I, if he was to say, you know, he didn't have a connection yet, right? I would understand that as a father, right? No. To say you didn't love the child at eight months is insane. Absolutely. Because fathers do not have. Shut up, Envy. You got we, you got six kids. I got four. You do not. You fathers do not have the connection mothers have in the first eight months. It's impossible. No, y'all, you don't have the same connection, but you still have a connection. For nine months, the baby's sucking off the breast still. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. baby always want to be in your arms. Mm-hmm. It does take a while for a father and child to develop that connection the way the mother and child no you'll never have a connection that the mother will have though you'll never have that connection Mm -hmm. but you have a connection absolutely positively absolutely as soon as you have a connection to the baby I'm I'm assuming as a father uh, while it's still in your woman's belly like at this point at some point I don't think like the mother though Okay. I mean, you can no, do never, like, like, never like the mother. We're not never. take it take away from the mother. Just you being that that child's father. Correct. And you expect, especially if you want the baby. Anyway, listen. So this is what he said because he after after a while that feeling went away. And then all of a sudden, I love that honesty. By the way, that's my experience. That's a lot of people's. I think, and they're afraid to say that. I mean, my experience was totally that. And then all of a sudden, it's like no question. I first, I just like who's the woman? What are you talking about? Like you think. <laughs> You know, a lot of people are afraid to say that. First of all, a lot of things don't need to be said when that it comes to true. your children because these humans have to grow up and be your age and look at that. You know what I'm saying? So I hope for God she don't have children that actually heard that because it sounds like she was like a little in agreement. But everything does not have to be said. Well, and there's too many microphones around for that, Jess. I know, right? Yeah. A lot of equipment is but being sent out. it doesn't even out. make sense what he's saying because, like you said, just fathers have a connection. If you're in your child's life, you have a connection. You'll never have a connection like the mom. That connection will never happen. Right. But you have a connection. You feed your child. You hold your child. You change your child's pampers. You have that connection. To say, that I, I didn't know I loved say, her, I though. I didn't even know if I loved kids, her. I'm watching kids. it grow, and, and I'm seeing it, it. morph into this thing. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? When he, when, he, when he says things like he didn't love his child, that's strange. Yeah. But 
if he would have just said, if he would have just said, you know, I, I had to develop a connection yes. with my child, I yes. absolutely would have understood that. Absolutely. Because, you know, salute to all the fathers who are very active in their child's lives in the first eight, nine months. I don't know if that's majority of us. No, it's the, women, the women are doing way more. Okay. Now, moving on. Dr. Umar and Lloyd Yachty debate on who's responsible for BBLs taking over. Now, at first, the, the, I know the headline is kind of like, what? And I was about to be a throwaway, too. But after hearing them debate about it, I agree with both of them. You think women got the BBLs more to impress their girlfriends I didn't say more. than to be viewed as attractive as a man? I didn't say more, but I do think there's Which women. Which one leads? I think it's just for self-esteem. I think sometimes women look in the mirror. Did you hear what he just said? But not so what? But for self-esteem, Yadi. Right to put themselves though. It don't have to be for another okay, man. Okay, but why is the self-esteem low without the BBL? It could be based on your friends. No, it's based on the values of the culture and the society in which they live. And we gotta admit something, black men. We have sexually objectified the black woman into a sexual instrument. And you know why this hurts me? Who's the number one sex trafficking victim in America right now, Yadi? Teenage black girls. I know that. Twelve to seventeen. Mm. They both right. They are definitely both right mm -hmm. because I can even attest to that. I have a friend who, after I got like my fat transfer, which you know, which is the same thing as a BBL. I just was wasn't calling it that until everybody was like BBL, BBL. Mm -hmm. All right, I got a BBL, and I got my boobs done. Um, after I got that done. She, who has always had a problem with her body, she always thought that she resembled a boy because her breasts were flat, but never had no hips, no, no, you know, no butt, nothing. She wanted it even more than another one of our friends got it done, and she wanted it even more. That wasn't even to impress a man. That was to impress herself when she looked in the mirror. Mm. She always thought, like, even as a 16-year-old, like, yo, I, I don't like the way I look, so she would always wear baggy clothes. You know what I'm saying? And then there's the other side of it, where, mm -hmm. do you, where a lot of women do want to appeal to a man. You know what I'm saying? And that's both why sides, I, so right? I agree with both sides. Um, we need more body positivity. Like, absolutely. You, know, just, 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 you, need to, you should love every shape. Yeah. And there are you know? things that exist like bodily dysmorphia where people keep on working on themselves and working on themselves. And they think as long as they do that, they'll be satisfied. But those people never end up satisfied. And, and, and we need to hear from more uh, men or just people who, yeah. who love the thin women. Who yeah, love yeah, yeah. The natural the, bodies. The, the, just, just the natural. bigger women. You know what yeah, I mean? Like. The, which right. are natural bodies, That's right. you know? BBL should stand for Big Back Love. So for Absolutely. everybody out there who has Big Back Love. Oh, no, seriously, if you're a lover of, of Big Back you, people. You are, listen, listen, I have another story. And we, we I dare you, don't say another thing oh, about oh, look, a Big Back. He's look, don't swear look, a finger. Go, Jess, go, oh, Jess. Ignore him, Jess, ignore him. Look, Terrence Howard ordered to pay over 900000 in back taxes. Over nine years, Terrence racked up a 578000 debt with um dollar debt with the IRS. And over that time, over over the course of time of him not paying it, it was interest and other penalties yep. included. So now it's over 900000 mm. And the Justice Department uh, sued him in 2022. But he reportedly sent them a voice message refusing to pay it, yo. And it said 400 years of forced labor. He's talking about slavery here. Oh boy. And never receiving any compensation for it. Now you have the gall to try to prosecute and charge taxes to descendants of a broken people that you are responsible for the cause for the causing the breakage. And then he left another message because they ain't responded to that. They're like, give us the money. He's so then he called back and said, in truth, the entire United States should, by default, become the property of the descendants of slaves. But since you do not have the ability or the courage to do it, let's try this in court. We're going to bring you down. Who? I do agree with him that the descendants of slaves should not have to pay taxes just because mm. that should be some type of form of reparations for us. I really wish mm. right happened. Mm. But I hate the headline that everybody's running with where they're saying Terrence Howard gets hit with tax whatever after making the comments. No, he mm. had that before. 
Yeah, that, that's something. That <laughs> that's why he, he made the comments. That's why he made the comments. <laughs> yes. And then yes. not we're gonna bring you down. Yes. No, sir, they're gonna bring you down in court if you don't pay them yeah, the money. Yeah, he's going to jail. That's true. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that known, y'all. But that is just with the mess with the second hour. And her news is real, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And didn't Wesley Snipes have the same thing? He didn't want to pay, and they, they locked him up too, right? That yeah, but he ain't throw slavery at nobody. Oh, he ain't throw slavery. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Charlamagne, who you giving your donkey to? Man, let's talk about this greedy-ass capitalist society that we live in, man. We need uh, Gary. What's Gary's last name? Gary Pil- Pilnick. He's the CEO of Kellogg's. He needs to come in front of Congress. We'd like to have a word with him. <laughs> All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Execution on the donkey of the day is something to behold. Is it a read? He gave me donkey of the day and I deserve it. People need to know. Well, need... you need to tell them. Charlie, I am. You have the voice. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. It's time for donkey of the day. It's a read, <laughs> but you're so good at it. You're trying to be a fake ass Charlemagne. There's only one Charlemagne to God. Damn, Charlemagne. Who you give a donkey of the day to now? Well, donkey of the day for Friday, March 1st, goes to Gary Pilnick, okay? Gary is the CEO of Kellogg's. Yes, Kellogg's, the home of your favorite cereals, okay? Everything from Fruit Loops to Frosted Flakes, Corn Pops to Apple Jacks. Gary is the man with the plan behind all of that, okay? Some of y'all listening to me right now, and you just poured some 2% over a bowl of Rice Krispies for the kids. Okay, they should be drinking almond milk, but I digress. Now, I've told y'all a million times that America does not know how to solve problems. And one of the biggest problems, if you ask me, the biggest problem they don't know how to solve is poverty. Okay, people with money, I don't care if you're a billionaire, millionaire, even a thousandaire, folks do not understand what is happening with the poor in this country, especially if you've never been poor. Okay, the wealthy, the rich, the middle class, they have no idea what is happening with the poor in this country. And this latest statement from Gary Pilnick, the CEO of Kellogg's, proves it. He appeared on CNBC's Squawk on the Street, and he said that poor families should eat cereal for dinner. Listen. The cereal category has always been quite affordable, and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. So some of the things that we're doing is first messaging. we got to reach the consumer where they are. So we're advertising about cereal for dinner. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. The other places that we like to go is we talk about making sure we have the right pack at the right price in the right place. So having a different size pack that'll have a different price point, that'll take some pressure off the consumer while they're shopping. So those are some of the things that we're doing. But in in general, the cereal category is a place that a lot of folks might come to because the price of a bowl of cereal with with milk and with fruit is less than a dollar. So you can imagine why a consumer under pressure might find that to be a good place to go. Right. I'm all for innovation and marketing, but the idea of having cereal for dinner, um, is there the potential for that to land the wrong way? Uh, we don't think so. In fact, it's landing really well right now, Carl. When we look at all of our data, of course we would know that breakfast cereal is the number one choice for in-home consumption. We understand that for breakfast. It turns out that over 25% of our consumption is outside the breakfast occasion. A lot of it's at dinner, and that, that occasion continues oh, to God. grow, as well as the snacking occasion. But um, cereal for dinner is something that is, is probably more on trend now, and we would expect to continue as that consumer is under pressure. Hey, yo, Gary Pilnick, I need you to shut the F up forever. Okay, shut your rich, privileged, disconnected ass up forever. First of all, two things are wrong with this statement. And Gary, you would know this if you decided to actually have conversations with the people you're talking about. Poor people been eating cereal for dinner. Okay, we've been eating breakfast for dinner and not because we wanted to. All right. And how about this? The cereal some of us had to eat for dinner wasn't even Kellogg's. You know why? Because we couldn't afford it. 
Great value everything. All right, store brand everything. We couldn't afford Rice Krispies, so we had the toasted rice. All right, we didn't have Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. We had great value Frosted Flakes. This is the difference between Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, okay, because they had Tony the Tiger. Great value Frosted Flakes had a polar bear who didn't even have a name, as far as, as I knew, okay? And he might not have even been a real polar bear because he had ski goggles on, gloves, and a scarf. Having to wear that defeats the whole purpose of being a polar bear, so he might not have even really been one. Kellogg's Raisin Brand, they had the sun on the box. Great Value Raisin Bran does not. You know why? Because the sun don't shine on the poor in this country. The nerve of Gary Pilnick to tell poor people to eat cereal for dinner. This is why I say America doesn't know how to solve problems. This is the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And the only thing he can come up with in regards to people being hungry in this country is they should consider eating cereal for dinner. And guess what, Gary? Sadly, you know, we're already doing that. Okay, if folks have to eat cereal for dinner, they're probably going to still be eating great value. Not Kellogg's, because Kellogg's is still too expensive. I grew up in 1978, single wide trailer, dirt road, Moss Corner, South Carolina, and Kellogg's anything was a luxury. Okay, it was a luxury then. And guess what? Prices have risen to 28% over the last four years. People can't even afford to eat what you suggested to eat. At least not your brand. Okay, listen to me, Greg. Kellogg's latest financial reports, and you know this because you're the CEO of the company. Uh, the company's current revenue is over $15 billion. Okay, They made that in 2022, and that was an increase over 2021 when they made over $14 billion. Moral of the story is they made crazy paper. How about take some of that money and use it to help the poverty problem in this country? Y'all make more than enough money to be a part of some type of real solution, and you should because overcoming poverty is not a gesture of charity. It is an act of justice. It is the protection of a fundamental human right, the right to dignity and a decent life. You know who said that? Nelson motherfreaking Mandela. Y'all got all the money, all the resources, and you telling me the best idea you got is for folks to eat cereal for dinner? I got a question for Gary and other rich people in positions of power who have the ability to at least attempt to solve some of America's problems. How long y'all gonna keep playing in poor people's faces? How long before poor people get fed up and come to snatch your plate? You making millions. You run a company making billions and you tell poor people they need to eat cereal for dinner, even though poor people are way ahead of you and been doing that. How long are you going to play with people's problems and not come up with solutions? Because I'm telling you, America, we are right where a great black philosopher by the name of Tupac Amaru Shakur told us we would be in this greedy ass capitalist society. Let's listen. If I know that in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocking on the door every day to eat and they tell and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the I mean just like throwing food around where they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day. I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song was going to change the We hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me a little food, we're out the door. And after a year, you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them. You know, it's civil rights movement we was asking you know now that those people that were asking they're all dead and in jail so now what do you think we're going to do hmm. ask mm, 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 mm. please give gary pilnick the ceo of kellogg's the biggest he-haw <coughs> mm, 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 mm.
Mm, don't tell me you can't do nothing, okay? I got a partnership with the Food Bank in Harlem. You can go to foodbanknyc.org right now to make a donation. They give away 100,000 meals a month right there in Harlem, okay? And, and, and groceries to people. One dollar provides 10 meals, okay? So if I'm in partnership with them, imagine what Kellogg's could do. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You hungry? Absolutely. Okay. I'm not going to no damn cereal. Okay. Okay. Mm-mm. That's because we got food out there. Mm-hmm. Salute right. to uh, Will and Daughters catering, you know, for, for, for providing food. You know, got everybody in here getting their back big. Yes, we got, speaking of weekend. back big or back small, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to eat. And we got jerk wings. It's jerk. What is it? Uh, jerk chicken wings, macaroni and cheese. They got two kinds of macaroni and cheese. They who got, are you they talking to? Why? Yeah, I don't know who she's talking to. I don't care. Well, let's, let's go, go through the airwaves, make everybody hungry. They got no, shrimp, well, salmon. All right, all right, all right. We just talked about people not having, being able to afford food. Could you stop? Why would you do that? Oh, people not listening to the radio. They trying to oh, get their next meal. What are you talking cheese. about? Right. But let me ask you a question, right? He was talking about uh, mm. broke meals, right? When people can't afford it, what meals do people use? And he was saying that cereal should be. Why did Lord why, have why, why, why you start talking about food? You see what I'm why saying? Why fat Big Mac coming saying? in? Why? 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 God damn, that chair became a low rider. Listen, what uh, was the reason? Hey, just to let y'all know, they got um, tater tots too, and then they got two got different types of mac and cheese. What I, are you I talking heard, about? I heard Jess talking about it, so. As the Damn, we the don't need. Matter, we don't need the rest of the menu. I had to come in here and just come. Oh my gosh. We don't need the rest of the. We're menu. opening the up the phone line. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. We're asking. Uh-huh. We're talking about meals that people can use. It's inflation. We're, we're calling it the broke meals. The broke meals that people no, eating while broke. Use. Salute to eating uh, while broke. Salute to Colleen Witch. She has a great podcast called Eating While Broke. It's I was the, gonna say, isn't that a podcast? Yes, it's, yeah. on, it's on the Black Effect iHeart Radio podcast network. It's called so let's open up the phone lines. Yes. I don't discuss. like broke meals. I don't like the way that sounds. Y'all gotta stop. Affordable meals. Affordable yeah, meals. Thank you. Because broke meals, meals is crazy. Don't keep doing that. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. I know as a kid. My cousin, uh, when we used to go to Grandma's house in Star City in Brooklyn, he used to eat ketchup sandwiches. That was his thing. He liked ketchup sandwich. Mm-hmm. It wasn't expensive. You could just <laughs> a little ketchup, bread, cook, go. Uh, peanut butter and jelly. Oodles yes. and noodles. Yeah, right? That's a great meal. <laughs> right? We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and out one of you! Drive the Nissan Rogue. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. 
That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there... Time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. We're doing that to now. There's, right. there's a woman in this room right now who came over to my house and there was amazing food on the table. Mm-hmm. And she was like, No, I want oodles and noodles. Yeah. This is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say her day. name. I'm just going to say she's from Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? You know? Oodles and noodles. That's what I wanted. If you spread out the uh, the peanut butter and jelly, just do jelly sandwiches, then you can save the peanut butter for the next week. So now that's two weeks. Man, go run around the station or something. Go run around the station. You get a peanut butter sandwich, and then the next week you got a jelly sandwich. All right. 800-585-1051. Let's talk about uh, affordable meals. Sometimes you got to put things together. Ain't much That's in your right. cabinet. And you put things That's together right. to make sure you satisfy your stomach. Now, Big that's Mac, right. you got to do a lot to satisfy your stomach. But that's what we're talking about. 800-585-1051. What are those meals? Let's discuss. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Jess Hilarious, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlemagne gave Donkey the day to who? Uh, the CEO of Kellogg's. His name is Gary uh, Pill Pilnick. And um, he was on uh, CNBC's Squawk on the Street. And he said that poor families should eat cereal for dinner. I mean, the reality is poor families in this country we've been eating cereal for dinner and, and the funny thing about what uh he's he's saying is he's telling he's the ceo of kellogg's you couldn't we couldn't even afford kellogg's we was eating all the great value cereals mm-hmm. you know back then mm-hmm. so that's what that's what and even in, in over the last four years kellogg's has increased in price 28 percent so right. people probably still can't afford to eat kellogg's but i will say this when you think of of cheap meals i don't necessarily go to cereal first 
right? You go to, yeah. to ramen noodles, you go to oodles of noodles, yep. you go to peanut butter and jelly, you go to toast. You know, why? I don't think of cereal first. You know yeah. why? Yeah. So it's actually a good concept of what he's saying because each it's box right. you can do twenty five servings of, of not, uh, depending it's, on it's, who's it's, eating it's it. But not, like, it's not a good concept of what he's saying. And the reason it's not a good concept of what he's saying is because he's a multimillionaire of a billionaire company. If people like that, if the only solution they can come up with to people being hungry in this country is eat cereal for dinner. That's not a good. That's not a good concept. And the people you talking about that can afford uh, peanut butter and oodles and noodles, that's a luxury. Mm-hmm. Think about that. The people we talking about are the ones that can only afford to eat cereal, mm-hmm. and not even the name brand kind. But people might be getting mad at you too because you keep talking about we we poor. They like, all right, well come over here with us since we I didn't we, say, we. But his, I didn't say <laughs> we, we, say we, we. But I grew up like that. I grew up in a single wide trailer Same. in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, on a dirt road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and yeah. So we we weren't we weren't we weren't the richest by any means. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but but even even growing up in Queens, there were certain things we always had in the house. Like we always had yeah. peanut butter and jelly. For some reason, my mother always had waffles. We always had waffles in the house. Like, yeah. I had waffles for breakfast. I had waffles for lunch. I had waffles for dinner. We always had waffles. Envy, we ain't talking about your middle class but, parents but, but and your people, middle class upbringing, man. But there's some things that people always had. Some pe- people always had eggs because no, they were able to get eggs. They were able to get eggs on welfare. Eggs. They always yeah. had bread because they were able to get bread and things like that. Envy. These were people. This, this is not the people so we're talking about this morning. Be- cheese as well. People had cheese. We were able to. Eat, had grilled cheese. Yes, they yeah. were. And it wasn't government cheese, was it? Oh but that, I, that I had? Yes. No, I had Kraft. I had Kraft, sir. That's my whole point. I had Kraft, sir. I had Kraft, sir. I'm talking about the people that got to go to the go stand on the line to get the big block of government cheese. But they had yeah. cheese, but they made grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. With government cheese. That government cheese didn't melt. You grew up off the government cheese, Red? <laughs> don't melt. I tried many cheeseburgers and it don't melt. Damn, mm. where you get the hamburger meat from? I was ready to say, you even had ground beef. You got <laughs> shut up now. <laughs> you got shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't talking that was to him. <laughs> you had ground beef. Please. You was in there with hamburger helper? Yeah. Okay, I ain't talking to you either. <laughs> well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Big Al. Big Al, where you calling from? I'm calling from Roosevelt, New York, man. New York, all right. Now, growing up, uh, what what were some of your, your, your cheap meals or your broke meals, as we were saying? Yeah, the broke meals was the Roman noodles. Roman noodles, huh? But my, but my main one was a banana sandwich. Oh, I used to love the banana, banana sandwich. sandwich. Especially with some peanut butter and some honey. Wow. Nah, we, like, if you ain't had the peanut butter or the honey, you just had mayo. Oh. Iced it up and put it on the bread. Yeah, we ain't, we wasn't mm-hmm. that poor now. God damn. Thank you, brother. That that's not even a good boy, combination. That's not, y'all was just nasty. Y'all was <laughs> <like> poor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like y'all, y'all pregnant in there. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Cheryl Dowling from Bridgeport. Can I hey, Cheryl from Bridgeport. We're talking uh, affordable meals growing up. What, what was some of the things you did to, to survive and to eat when you couldn't afford? Our best meal was tuna casserole. So you tuna? take your tuna... You get your cheese. If you got free cheese, it was the best. And then you mix it with uh, cream of mushroom soup, some some um, frozen green peas, and you bake it, and you have it for a couple days. How'd My you- father has seven kids, so we had to feed everybody. Mm. How'd y'all melt that free cheese? Oh, <laughs> well, we, we didn't put too much in there because if we didn't have, you know, cheese has always been a little expensive. But um, <clears throat> we just put a couple of blocks in there, and it eventually melted. We were just happy to have cheese. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mama. 
Hello, who's this? About, I'm just happy to have cheese. Yeah. Yo, what's good? It's your boy DJ J. Liddy from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. What's up? Peace, yeah, what up? Peace, what's the word? We're talking affordable meals growing up. Yeah, so my affordable meal back in the day when Meech was coming up, you know, we had to do the hot dogs with the baked beans. Baked beans yes. was a big that's, one. That's good, eat, that's good eating now. To this day. You already know. That was a, that was a throwback. That and a, uh, and, a, and a government mac and cheese mac and cheese. Yeah, what I you mean the government hated mac and cheese, cheese mac and way. cheese. What's the, what's, the, what's the government mac and cheese mac and cheese? What's that? The yeah, you know back cheese. in the day when they used to give you like the drones in the uh, in the little pantry, little box mac and cheese versus the the Velveeta official John. Oh, got you, got you. Yep. Thank you, brother. Yeah. 800-585-1051 We're talking affordable you, meals this morning. You know Some what's so the... funny about this segment, Envy? What's that? As we're having this segment, uh, our beautiful co-host. My good sister Jess Elias is over there eating her ass off. What you got? <laughs> what you eating, Jess? What you got? I have macaroni and cheese, tater tots, which are really, really good. Um, shrimp, mm. <laughs> chicken wings, green beans, and carrots. Jess, look, I ain't mad at you. See what I mean? I got, I got Chick Fil A right now. This, I know that's right. This, this, yeah, well, I ain't with you. That's what I'm saying. Charlamagne, come on. We as the poor people. That's I right. Like, oh, no, when it's not said that people no, don't people? see the say. poor people in this country. I think oh, right. we don't see. You right, know what I mean? You know, especially <laughs> they, some of us. Who, some of us come from that and get in better positions and forget. You know those individuals. Yeah, you know I just want to let like, you know oh, Red is over there drinking his little Starbucks cup over there talking uh, about cheese don't melt. Somebody, yeah, I tried to bake some uh, some burgers with the cheese and it ain't work. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. We're talking affordable meals. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. If y'all talking about it, you know we talking about it. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Jess Hilarious, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you're just joining us, Charlemagne gave Donkey the day to who? Uh, Gary, uh, what's Gary's last name? He's the CEO of Kellogg's. Gary Pittman? Pilnick. Pilnick. Oh. Yeah, Gary Pilnick. He's the CEO <clears throat> of Kellogg's. And uh, he was on CNBC Squawk on the Street. And he said that poor families should eat cereal for dinner, which so many poor families are already doing. And the irony of what he said is, you know, even growing up, Kellogg's was not affordable. Like everybody, we were eating great value everything. Great value Frosted Flakes, great value Raisin Bran. Okay. There was no, uh, uh, there wasn't Kellogg's like that. Yeah. All right. So we're asking, what are some of the affordable meals that you guys ate to survive? Hello, who's this? Hello, this is Gigi. How are you? Where are you calling from, mama? I'm calling from the best city in the the best city in the world. What's that? She too busy spending all her money on food and not yeah, phone yeah, service. Yeah, best city in the world. Hello. Hello. No, not true. Oh. Not true. First of all, originally from Miami. Ow. Okay. Okay. Cuban. Ow. Okay. Voted for Trump. Okay. So we're gonna, Ow. No, never. Never. <laughs> Ew. Uh-uh. <laughs> Tried it. And Cubans in Florida be we're voting not, for Trump. Not this one. What's, one. what's some of your broke meals, boo? <laughs> um, We got rice and eggs. Mm. We got rice and cheese. You know we got rice for everything. That's right. Yeah. We got Cuban bread with avocado. Y'all charging ten dollars. We've been eating this off the tree from the back of the house. I know that's, that's right. Okay. You, you, you know that's our that's our African roots, right? Because if you go to places like Ghana, you know they eat a lot of rice and stuff <laughs> in the rice. morning, and they eat that. Uh, Ah uh, man, Brandon is from Ghana. That stuff that you gotta dip, the, like the doughy stuff, yeah. and oh. they eat that because it sticks to your ribs. Because that might be the only thing they eat all day. Yeah, Brandon, come in here and tell me what that stuff is called. You from Ghana? Hello, who's this? 
Brianna. Hey, Brianna. We're talking affordable meals. What's some of those meals you you, you prepared and made to make sure that you were, you were good throughout the for the rest of the day? Okay, so I have a family. So my family struggle meal is kielbasa sausage. Kielbasa. Um, Kielbasa um, sausage? Kielbasa, kielbasa sausage. This ain't no struggle meal. She no, I understand. Sausage. I know what she's this saying. No kielbasa sausage. Girl, what? That <laughs> was Sausage broke? and potatoes? Yes. Keep going. This it's ain't no struggle meal. And some peppers. Yes, that is for family. Hell Where you from? No. Where you from, nah. mama? I'm from Queens originally, but I live in See? Jacksonville. Florida. And that's what I try to tell people is also where you from because in New York growing up the, the, you could get kibasa for cheap you can get yes. uh, the, the beans and hot dogs you can get for cheap those are the, the, the things that you can get for cheap that other people usually couldn't get but well, they, like kibasa well, was very cheap as a kid because when you, you, you we always had kibasa we always for some reason we always had meatloaf my mama got meatloaf it was oh these were the cheap meals you you were middle class yeah. envy I'm but I'm telling you what people were able to get for cheap because we all went to the same grocery stores or got it from the same place those were the cheap meals now Brianna keep it G was you was you like broke or was you just you know you you just wasn't rich. Not mine. Well, what's the moral of the story, guys? Stuff called it depends on where you live at. No, you dip the fufu. Yeah, fufu. Oh, fufu. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people eat that now. Okay, okay. So that's what's up. All I'm right. not going to lie. I'm hungry. But the moral of the story, right. The moral of the story is what? It depends on where you live. No, I don't think it depends on where you live. Some of these meals sounded great. That sausage, mm. pepper, and um, potato. I eat that to the this day. The peppers and all that. Yes. Yeah. She bugging. Whoa. You put me some chicken sausage in there with some uh, some, some peppers, some potatoes and some peppers? I ain't eat broke friends no more. I'm like, I'm eating better. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about, yo. All right. The moral of the story is y'all should all find a local <clears throat> food pantry or food bank in, bank in your community and make a donation. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I do a lot of work with the food bank in Harlem. Uh, their website is foodbanknyc.org. Literally $1 provides uh, 10 meals, you know, and they give out 100,000 meals a month and groceries. So salute, wow. the, salute the local organization in your community that's, you know, helping to, to feed people. And I want to tell folks, salute to Colleen Witt. She does a podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network called Eating While Broke. And she has a lot of different artists on there every week. Talk about exactly what we're talking about now. Those meals that they used to eat uh, when they were on the come up. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, when we come back, we got past the Augs with Nyla. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Jess Hilarious, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club, and it's time for Pass the Alt. Go, let's go, let's go. What up, Nala? What's up, NV Lanta? That's right. I'm out in Atlanta. They asked about you. They was like, "When Nala coming back?" I had to do this. Uh, had to do this bowling party last night. I ran into a couple of artists you had on the on the show. They were all like, "Where's Nala at?" I was like, "Don't worry about it." They looking for her. Man, we out. Well, we out. Me and Envy are out. I'm coming back. What are you talking about? I'm coming back. All right, all right. I'm coming back too. But you know. All right. Anyway, neither here nor there. Let's get into the music today. A lot of music dropped, and I just want to give honorable mentions real quick to Earth Gang's new EP. Mm -hmm. Somebody else I want to give an honorable mention to Oh, Schoolboy Q But since I already oh, nice. teased one of his records I figured I'd let somebody else get some shine today mm -hmm. So, uh, is this record by Mies and Isaiah Rashad called Hotspot I don't like how the vocals sound 
I like that. I like I like the song, but it sounds like he's talking through a phone or something. Like it, it's like a contrast you hear. I think it's just like how it. or where the record started because Mises' part sounds more clear, and then when Isaiah comes on, it kind of has like a filter on it. Who that was Isaiah just now? That was Isaiah. Okay. And he actually gave a really great verse. So, shout out to Mises and Isaiah Rashad for that hot spot. I really enjoy that record, and I hope you get a video. But um, next is that Mexican OT, my current favorite rapper right now, favorite spitter, lyricist. And um, he did a record with Moneybag, yo. All these black rappers and the Mexican is your favorite rapper of the moment? Yeah, There's nothing wrong with that. It was J.I.D., but Mexican OT, I don't know. He's he's dope. Them two? I want to hear Mexican IT and J.I.D. kind of go bar for bar. I'm not going to lie, Mexican OT is dope. All right, cool. He did a record with Moneybag off his new tape that dropped today called Twisting Fingers. Damn, drop on the clues bomb for Mexican OT, man. That make me want to hear the Moneybag, yo one that he got one, because that that definitely, yeah. That's right. in pocket. I like that. That's why you got to leave the border open. You know what I'm saying? Cause you, you shut you, up, you know, man. Why, why you got to bring that Phenomenal up? Phenomenal talent Mexican OT is. <laughs> Jesus, don't bleed that <laughs> in her segment. Don't Please, don't put no. that on me. I like Mexican OT. He's dope. Yes. Very dope. Uh, big shout out to Mexican OT. And then this was for the youth. Them. Lil Tyler just dropped a new record called Bad Chick. And um, I just had him on my podcast. We need to talk. It was a really cute interview honestly I really enjoyed it so shout out to Lil Tyler and the record's called Bad Itch I like the first two a lot okay that was cool <laughs> okay, <laughs> didn't love it okay, it was alright I, I, I wanted to play the whole thing it was just alright I, 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 I like love you that. I'm like yeah, right, I like right. the first two. I know my son is going to love this. I just know he is. It, it just, just sounds dated. Like, it, you still calling women bad? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like it just sounds dated. It sounds dated, but it also sounds like for very, very the young kids. Kid. Yeah, 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 the youngest. The youngest. Yeah. Where you from? Florida. Florida. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go well, salute to that young man. Yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to Lil Tyler. And then, if you guys haven't already, just tap into the playlist. All the music is there. Again, shout out Earth Gang and their new EP. I really like it. I really like the record Blacklight on there. If you of course guys. you do. I love Earth Gang, too. They're from Atlanta. I just knew you had to get some type of Atlanta representation. This has nothing to do <laughs> with Atlanta representation. <laughs> I, know you, I'm like, I know you didn't play any music, but you had to get some type of Atlanta I'm representation. I'm just genuine uh-huh. fans of Earth Gang, and I yeah. just wanted I like, to shout I love them, them too. out. Earth Gang. What's the name of their EP? The, so I know. Yo, this guy. I love Earth Gang. Just ignore them. <laughs> I do love Earth Gang. They Why, what's your problem with Atlanta, man? I don't have a problem with Atlanta. I have a you problem with you. This is crazy. <sighs> but no. their their EP's called Rob Phobia. Rob Phobia. Okay. Yes. So shout out to Rob Earth Gang Phobia? and then <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what it means, cause so I don't do it. Cause <laughs> I ain't gotta break it apart. Rob <laughs> Phobia. That's oh, it. I'm just sorry. It apart. It's Robophobia. And I don't know what it means. Yeah, I don't so even know what know. that means. Don't even let me. Uh, don't even let me get to lying up here. But that means me and Jess are gonna be accused of it in the next couple oh of weeks. That Lord. is right. Shout out to all my robos out there. I don't even know what it means, but shout salute to y'all. But uh, the next <laughs> certified vibe live event, which was formerly known as Past the Ox Live, <laughs> is going down on March 15th. And since it's uh, Women's History Month, we got an all women's lineup. Yes. And I'm super excited to announce this partnership with Two Lost Distribution who they're pretty much helping me fund the event, but then also helping the independent artists uh, with streaming, analytics, and, you know, it's just nice. it's a good little situation. So if you guys want to use um, their their platform for free for three months, you can use my code CERTIFIED, and you're on there for three months. And unlike other platforms, they don't delete your music if you miss a payment or something like that. Like, once, oh, wow. you, once you locked in, you're in. You're good. That's what's up. Forever proud of you, Nyla. Yeah. Except for when you in Atlanta. But other than that, all right. Thank you, Nyla. Appreciate it. We got a growth phobia. (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. He's growthophobic. (laughs) (laughs) 
Up next is the People's Choice Mix. Let's go. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's Women's History Month, and we're celebrating the most influential women in history. Check out this phenomenal woman. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Jess Hilarious, Charlamagne Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, today starts the International Women's Month. First day of... Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Yes, yes, yes. I am a woman, so th- that is great. Um, and every day this month, I'm going to be honoring a woman. Um, now, the fact that it's history, it, it does not have to be, you know, it, it could be a woman of my history, a woman that's Mm -hmm. in history, African-American history, American history. And I'm going to start the first day by honoring my mother, the woman who gave me birth, Robin and Bradshaw. She became Robin Moore. And now she's Robin Bradshaw again. Um, I love my mother, yo. And I I remember only getting um, beat by her one time. Mm. Actually, she never even beat me. She hit me and I flew in a closet. But I, yeah, for real, man. Uh, I, I was never a kid that had to be physically disciplined. Uh, my mother would put bass in our voice, and I, I would just straighten up. My dad, mm-hmm. he would just look at me and I understood. So I never was like one of those kids that you had to discipline physically. But I remember one night, yo, I stayed out, and I figured. I mean, I snuck out first of all. And she used to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and she ain't never look in my room. I don't know what told her to look in my room. Maybe it was Mother gone. instinct. I know. She looked in there, man. I wasn't in there, so she started calling my phone. I got the phone call. I'm like, yo, I was in a movie with this little boy. He was so cute, though. And um, and I answered the phone, <laughs> and she was like, you better get your ass in this house. And I didn't. I didn't come in. I was because I feel like I felt like yo, I was already out. He was gonna get so, beat regardless. So right. So why not enjoy. just stay out? You know. So I came in the house at like five. It was already two o'clock when she called me. I stayed in the house. No, no, no. It was like twelve o'clock. I'm sorry, twelve o'clock when she called me. I stayed out to like three. So Damn. I'm sneaking in the house. Yeah, sneaking in the house. And by mind you, y'all was fourteen years old. Sneak in the house. Oh, you deserved to be. Yeah, lights was out and everything, right? And you can get to my room before you even get to her room. I go in my room. I turn my little nightlight on. She's sitting in the chair in my room. Ready. What? Let's go, Miss Robin. Pop me. I said, wee. Flew in the car. Let's go, Miss Robin. <laughs> that was it. She ain't say nothing. She ain't. I ain't. I ain't. I ain't even get up nothing. I slept in the closet, my nigga. I was like, nah, I'm done. I ain't even want to move. Because I felt like if I came back out the closet, she was going to beat me again. But that, I mean, she was going to hit me again. But that, like, that's my mother. That was the only time she had to put her hands on me. And I ain't going to say I ain't never do that again, but I waited a couple years. That stung for a while. <laughs> but just disappointing her, mm-hmm. like right. that disappointment right. really, really hurt her, yo. And I, I never wanted to see that look on her face again. Mm-hmm. So I I honor you, Ma. I love you so much. You are my angel. And um, girl, I'm glad that I can make you a grandmother again because that's, hey. that's what she wants to. We love Salute you, Mama. Salute Miss Robin with your yeah. fine ass. Definitely. Hey, yo, Watch you your mouth, chill. yo. You better chill, yo. I don't even care about. I don't Robin. care about none of that. You got chill. <laughs> but you mean she is beautiful. All right, well, let me see your father. <laughs> <laughs> don't play with me, yo. <laughs> don't play with me, yo. When we come back, first day of Women's History Month, man. That's right. When we come back, we got the positive notice. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Jess Hilarious, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for positive note. What you got, Charlotte? Well, I want to tell everybody too, man. Um, make sure you go out there and pre-order my third book. It'll be out uh, in May. It's called Get Honest or Die Lying. Why Why Small Talk Sucks. 
It is available for pre-order right now. It'll be out May 21st, uh, 2024, but it's available available for pre-order right now everywhere you buy books, okay? Get Honest or Die Lying, Why Small Talk Sucks, my third book, will be out May 21st, but it's available for pre-order right now. Now, the positive note is simply this. He who is not courageous enough to take risk will accomplish nothing in life. You like that one, Jess? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just basically take risks. What? Oh, my gosh. It's the Breakfast Club. Have a good weekend. Mm. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play live nation presents concert week now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.